I invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. And as you are standing, I'll give you the update. Hadley just sort of knocked her head on the floor. It sounds a lot worse than it is, but she's already fine and happy. When babies start toddling, they start falling. It becomes a way of life. John chapter 15. Jesus said, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you, O Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> Similar to my one-year-old daughter, Hadley, I'm not super coordinated. I don't have a lot of rhythm. It's always been a sadness of mine. I really wanted to be more musical than I am. I grew up playing all kinds of instruments, doing dance recitals and singing. I love music and everything that comes with it. But all it takes is to watch me on our stage by our altar on our small seed Sundays on the second Sunday when I'm up there dancing with our kids and trying to clap to know that the Holy Spirit did not gift me with any kind of rhythm. All those jokes in the church world about Lutherans and clapping during songs, I am the reason for those jokes. So because of my doubtful rhythm, I have learned that I really need someone to lead me in clapping, and when the only people I can see are four and ten-year-olds, there might be a bit of chaos in our dance together on those Sunday mornings. And honestly, I sort of love the wildness of our small seed Sundays on those second Sundays of the month. Having our young ones help us to open and close worship with song and dance and fun is a chaos, a wildness that I love. And so yes, it means we're all clapping on different beats, wild dancing and jumping around the stage. And in all of that, I don't know about you, but I can just feel an energy, a lightness of the Holy Spirit in our worship space together. So like the chaos in our dance together on those second Sundays, the very first Pentecost in the early church that we read about in Acts was filled with a kind of chaos too, a kind of wildness. 
Acts says, suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. At this, this, at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, amazed, astonished. And some people don't like chaos as much. They don't understand exactly what's going on or appreciate the wild dance and unpredictability of it all, especially for this first Pentecost with the Spirit working. And so in looking for an explanation, the people around who witnessed this point to the fact that it is Pentecost and the Jewish people are celebrating, and so they assume this wildness must be the result of some really good wine. I mean, it's not a terrible expectation, but Peter isn't having any of it. He's, he's not a big fan of the wildness himself. He doesn't care for this chaotic dance either, but he knows that wine has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit in their midst, at least not in this moment. So he tries to explain this chaotic event to put it into context, and Peter finds that context in Scripture. From Joel chapter 2, God has already told them that this would happen, that the Spirit would pour out on everyone, man and woman, slave and free. The Spirit doesn't care about our boundaries or our expectations or our rhythm. The Spirit is beating to her own drum, and she's got lots of music to make. Compared to the drama, the chaos, the wildness of that first Pentecost in the early church, our gospel reading from John seems so tempered, so calm. If the first Pentecost in the early church was an East Coast swing full of new and exciting movements, a little messy but wonderful, then Jesus describing the sending of the Holy Spirit in our reading from John is like a foxtrot. It's slower, it's calmer, it's almost comforting, in its complexity, and that is the extent of my knowledge of ballroom-style dancing. Thank you 14 summers of watching So You Think You Can Dance. That time was certainly not wasted. Jesus knows the disciples are experiencing a sorrow because he's leaving them again. He knows they can hardly bear the truth of what is to come in their lives. At this point, they are still bewildered, amazed, and astonished that Jesus has risen from the dead and now they have to say goodbye all over again. And so Jesus promises them an advocate, a comfort, the Spirit. But Jesus says that it's a good thing that he is going and the Spirit is on its way because the Spirit will be with the disciples and will prove, will bring light to the wrongs of the world. The Holy Spirit will be here to guide the disciples, to guide us when Jesus can't. The Holy Spirit of light and fire brings us so many gifts. In Acts, the Spirit fills the apostles, all who are gathered. In Peter's reading from Joel, the Spirit is poured out onto all flesh, male and female, slave and free, giving the gift of language, of prophecy, which means to speak truth about God. Sometimes we don't know how to speak to those around us about God or God's work in our lives. We don't have the language. But the Spirit gives us the ability to speak even when we think we can't. Lord knows, even though I really wanted to be musical, public speaking was never something I had any interest in. And yet here I am, because the Spirit dances to her own rhythm in our lives. And in our reading from Romans, Paul tells the church in Rome that the Spirit comes to help us in our weaknesses, to intercede for us, to pray for us, 
to lift us up when we are in need, to be with us when our words fail us. Sometimes we don't know what to say, what to pray, what to do when we're struggling in this world or when we want to help someone who is struggling. And it's the Holy Spirit who comes to us in our sighs too deep for words. And Jesus tells the disciples in our reading from John that the Spirit will be a witness of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will help to tell Jesus' story, and the disciples will too, sharing the story of love and forgiveness and new hope that we are given through Jesus. Jesus says the Spirit will be sent by him to prove the world wrong, and that proof that he uses, that word, could also be to convince or to bring to light. The Spirit brings to light the sin and brokenness in our lives when we struggle to trust Jesus. The Spirit brings to light the righteousness of witnessing God with us through Christ. The Spirit brings to light the judgment, the brokenness of this world, and with Jesus, we are freed of our bondage of this world so that we can be light ourselves in the shadows around us so that in our freedom as adopted children of God, we can trust in Jesus and share this faith with others so that we can be a light of hope in our world. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will guide the disciples and us into all truth and will glorify Jesus. And the truth is that it is in hope that we are saved. And this hope is our Lord Jesus Christ. For all the times we feel bewildered by the wildness or the complexity of our lives or the Holy Spirit working, for all the times that we feel amazed or astonished or unsure of our path, for every time that we wonder if the Holy Spirit is really at work or if we should be looking for that really good wine to be shared with us, for all our doubts, our sorrow, when we feel like it's all too much to bear, when our hearts break at the lives lost in Texas and Palestine and Cuba and all over the world, it is in hope that we are saved. It is in hope that Jesus goes to the cross to adopt us as children of God. It is in hope and love that Jesus dies and rises from the dead to redeem our brokenness, to redeem our bodies. In hope, in Jesus, we are saved, and the Holy Spirit is sent to us to pour out over us, to fill us, to bring us into this wild, chaotic, sometimes fast and sometimes slow dance of love and hope and relationship so that you can know that you are not alone, that you belong to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, so that you, we, can go out and share this dance, share this new rhythm in our lives with those we meet, speaking the language of love and hope, prophesying, visioning what might come next for our lives, for our <clears throat> church, comforting and helping those in their weaknesses, praying and lifting up others when we don't know what words to say next. Amazed, astonished, and filled with the light, the fire of the Holy Spirit, today we mark the early church's first celebration of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit pouring out over all who gathered, and we celebrate that we too, each and every one of us, can join our ancestors, join our loving God in this chaotic, wild, hope-filled dance with whatever rhythm we might bring. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.